Are you there? <laughs> Hello? Hey everybody, this is Graham Nash, once with the Hollies and Crosby Stills Nash and Young, and right now you're listening to Armit's House. Enjoy. And this is Tony welcoming you here as we uh, welcome you each and every Sunday night from our studio in Burlington, Vermont at WBKM Radio. But where's Big Joe Turner? Have we changed the beginning of our show? Well, only this week. Only this week, my friends. Because uh, just yesterday, Saturday, December 2nd, 2023, I received a phone call in the evening from a dear friend of mine in New York City to inform me that we had lost another one, a very important one to me personally and to the music, to the world of music, to the world of culture and philanthropy. As yesterday, Mrs. Erdogan, Mika, passed away, lost to us another one. Mrs. Erdogan was an especially kind and wonderful friend to me for many years. I never got to meet Amit, but it was as though I knew Amit as I sat in their house and we chatted from time to time. Starting with a conversation in 2010. Tonight I'm going to look back on that conversation and I've listened to it now many times. We aired originally on our home radio station, two segments uh, of conversation mixed in with song, as we almost always do when we do interviews. And tonight I'm going to do pretty much the same uh, two sections, but I'm going to add a little outtake section, which at the time I felt was uh, not up to a standard that I wanted to broadcast or whatever the reason was. But I think that the selection I've taken to share in this additional third section of my conversation with Mika Erdogan in 2010 um, is the sort of the stuff that you start out with and people say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to say that. Let me, let me start over again. And nothing that, that, that can't be aired or said now, uh, really, or even then. But uh, we, you know, trying to be professional in our broadcasts, we, we sip those things away and we, we get rid of them. But there is a humanness, there is a delight, and there is a charm that comes through in these uh, little simple slips of the tongue or errors or false starts. And I've selected a piece of that whole interview, which was uh, 20 some odd minutes. Uh, and the first the number of minutes... Uh, I think uh, something about uh, four to five minutes, is this a new section that was not previously aired in uh, the Amitel's broadcast. To my dear friend, Mika Erdogan, who 
welcomed me into her home not long after that interview, who connected me with some of the great people of Atlantic, who arranged for my personal tour of Atlantic um, when they were on 6th Avenue in New York City, where I met up with more good friends and and good people in the company who shared uh, wonderful stories with me. And it has gone on and on since that time. Here we are 13 years later, and I'm still benefiting from the genuine helpfulness that Mrs. Erdogan passed on to me. Indeed, it was only very late in the time that uh, we got to know her at our radio station that myself and my business partner even approached calling her by her first name. I recall one of the last times I got to see her and we were riding in uh, her limo and I had continued to call her Mrs. Erdogan and she turned to me at once and she said, I know you love me, but please call me Mika. That was the kind of relationship that I got to share with this wonderfully gracious woman who really associated with the highest members of our society. Um at least politically and economically and musically. But to have sat in her uh, second floor um, uh, sitting room uh, on the couch where Jimmy Page had just been, well, those were the kind of delights I got to experience in my relationship with this wonderful woman. With Mika Erdogan. I feel personally at a loss today because this was not just a business relationship at all. No, this was a friend. And many people have thankfully told me that she recognized that there was a genuine and sincere effort to honor her husband, the work that he created, the music, all the people of Atlantic, and herself as well. So, Mika, I hope that we have done the best that we could do and we will continue to do the best that we can do forever on, as long as we have life in us. We will miss you and we send our love and our thoughts and our prayers out to you and to all those who hurt and miss you, all those who knew you longer than I did. We will begin with some music, specially picked for Mika, especially picked from those people that um, touched her, especially during her life with Amit. And then we're going to share the first part, as I called it, the, uh, the outtakes, so to speak. So let's carry on. Um, I'm going to begin with Bette Midler, one of Mika's great friends through the years. And this is Amitels. I always ask you, and I'll ask you most particularly tonight, to please take off your shoes and take off your hat because, well, this is a special place. This is Amitels, and we welcome you.
are you today? I'm fine. It's a uh, beautiful day. I don't know how it's there. Oh, is it beautiful? It's beautiful up here in Burlington, Vermont as well. Finally, we uh, have many days of rain. No, I said I'm in Southampton and it rained a lot the whole spring. I mean, it was just flooded all the time. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. terrible to so hear. Anyway, well, yeah, I am. Well, That's excellent. What to do. <laughs> well, there you are. Uh, well, first of all, let me uh, let me explain so make sure so that we've been clear. Um, as you know, I'm recording this uh, now uh, with my engineer yeah. Baruch is in the room uh, for. Uh, a future show on my uh, show called Amital. It looks as yeah. though I will uh, be broadcasting this on Sunday, July the 4th, but I will send a note to Monique to uh, give her the exact date well, once I'm, I'm sure. I'm going to be in Turkey. You see, I'm leaving in two days. Okay. I'm going to be in Europe. Okay, excellent. Well, I would like to uh, arrange it perhaps if it's a better time for you so you could actually uh, hear the uh, interview as well, whatever. I can send the, and also send a digital file to, uh, to Monique. Uh, of right. the interview I mean, as yeah, well. We, we can get that, yeah. Beautiful. Excellent. I'm not, I'm not so keen to hear my voice because I realize I have a terrible accent. Oh, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's the colors of our world. It's the spice that makes our world wonderful, you know. And, and what I like to do, I guess, you know, my, my, my real point of this is that, uh, of course, I know the music and love the music of Atlantic yeah. and Amit, but to personalize Amit, and so folks understand that, that he was a real flesh and blood man that people had a lot of respect for. That's my, my goal here. So I guess my, my first question, uh, Mrs. Erdogan, is here you have a, a man involved in this uh, high up in the life of music and working with artists who, who can be very difficult people sometimes. You also have had uh, a career in which uh, you are uh, working with uh, many uh, fascinating people in your own uh, beautiful career. How did you carve a life together, given those circumstances uh, of your own professional well, lives? Well, you know, I've, you said me the questions, and I have kind of answers. Sure. And we can elaborate, you know, when we get to them. Okay. <laughs> now, you, you, uh, can I just speak, or you're not recording oh, now, are you? Uh, uh, yes, we are, we are recording. Are, that's fine. Yes, we but are recording. But you start at, this is Mika Ertegan. Yes. Can I say I am Mika Ertegan? Absolutely, whatever you wish, ma'am. Absolutely. I mean, I just maybe the my English is not good. But that would no, would no, no. That that is perfect. That is okay. just beautiful. So I mean, uh, <coughs> if you want, I can start with this, right? Yes, that would be wonderful. This, Thank you. I'm Mika Ertegan. Uh, <laughs> one second. Surely, and and we can you know we can edit starts and stops uh, you know yeah, later, yeah. so not to worry. Yeah, I, I just said that, this, that I'm Mika Ertegan, and you are listening to WBKM, where you can hear the music of Atlantic Records that was started <coughs> and guided through the years by my hus late husband, Amit Ertegan. The company was started at the end of 1947. I don't know if you, you were up to date. Oh, yes, absolutely. Or if you are interested. Uh, absolutely. Whatever you'd like to say, I, I don't right. want to script it for you. And then, I don't know, you went to the different questions that you want to ask. Yes, and I had changed the order a little because as I read my questions over, I, I realized that perhaps there was, it was better to start at number three, but we can go in any direction that you like. Okay. Number three being being involved with some it, exactly. type it, of music? Yeah, for each of you, and you having your own professional career as well, uh, and just right. wondering, with the demands that you both had on you, how you were able to also just carve out a life. Yeah. Well, we had a life. <laughs> so, yes. So, okay, so, uh, I mean, do you want to start with that question? or is, uh, uh, if, if you were comfortable uh, doing the questions first, we could do that. Or if you'd like to get that little statement out of the way first, we could also do that. 
Okay, I think we should get the paper out and then we start and maybe we mix up. The All right, that sounds great. So. Whenever right. you're ready. Yep, whenever start? you're ready. Yep, whenever you are ready, we're set for right. you. So I'm Mika Ertegan and you're listening to WBKM. Um, I'm at, no, I have to start again. Okay, no problem, paper. surely. Uh, I wrote so many pages that I pulled another down. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, I'm Mika Ertegan and you're listening to WBKM, where you can hear the music of Atlantic Records. Atlantic Records was started and guided through the years by my late husband, Ahmed Ertegan. The company was started at the end of 1947. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see
who were frequent guests in the Erdogan household, the one and only Benny King and uh, Mr. Phil Collins. We're going to move on to the uh, proper part of uh, the interview now in in two sections. Uh, Apologize uh, up front for some of the vagarities of the uh, originally recorded interview done in 2010, both the technology uh, and uh, most definitely my uh, ability to uh, uh, engineer and uh, properly record conversations by phone have uh, improved, hopefully. Here now is uh, part one of the 2010 interview with Mika Erdogan. My first question, uh, Mrs. Erdogan, is here you have a a man involved in this uh, high up in the life of music and working with artists who who can be very difficult people sometimes. You also have had uh, a career in which uh, you are uh, working with uh, many uh, fascinating people in your own uh, beautiful career. How did you carve a life uh, together, given the, those circumstances? Well, we had a life. <laughs> yes. Perhaps I might share a recollection about artists that uh, Ahmed and myself like personally or professionally. In fact, you know, we were in good terms with practically everybody. and But we had very close friends like Beth Midler, mm-hmm. who really through the years has been a close friend of mine. And I admire very much what she does with her work in the gardens and the flowers and so on. And all of, I mean, she did so many beautiful things in New York City. Mm-hmm. And we see her quite a bit. She came to us in Turkey. Uh, we know her husband very well, and I'm very fond of her daughter. Then Benny King was a great friend. She was very close to Ahmed for years. They also wrote songs together, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mick Jagger is wonderful, full of humor. Keith Richards is fascinating. <laughs> I happened to, happened to do a house for his family. Oh, wonderful. You know, yeah. Beautiful. Phil Collins is absolutely marvelous. Each time I see him, he really, we talk together and he's a, a good, good friend. And I could go on and on. I, you know, that Zeppelin, the whole group of friends. I, I don't know when I see them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bother them. You know, when they give a concert, I go and I see them and I say hello. But they're always so busy that I really don't want to take their time. But I see them. I understand. I had the uh, honor to uh, to write a short piece uh, about Ahmed for an online blog uh, after his passing, uh, and I had pulled together some sources and, and I made the comment that uh, you know he was a Muslim who worked with Jews to bring the music uh, of of the blacks to white America, and and uh, many people have told me before that yeah that's yeah boy what what a what a uh, what a uh, a thing to leave to the future, and and here his work still stands. Literally from A to Z, from Aretha to Zeppelin, yeah. it still stands today, and and I think always will. Uh, a wonderful yeah. testimony to his uh, courage and uh, and. You know, he he and his brother, when the father was made ambassador in Washington, mm-hmm. were going to the black side of Washington and listening to records. Nice. And and then they invited. They had all the musicians. I think Duke Ellington even went there into the Turkish embassy and they were playing jazz. And but that. You realize it was in what, 19, 34, 35. Uh-huh. And apparently, you know, the uh, Turkish embassy is in the midst of a lot of big buildings, and there were other embassies who were complaining that the black people are coming in to the embassy. That, that must have made a little bit of a difficult situation for his dad, I would imagine. No, his father said, everybody is welcome to write. Ah, 
Well, well, there that gives you a little glimmer into uh, how Amit was raised with that attitude and how he was able to reach so many different uh, types of yeah. uh, individuals. That's beautiful. And his father was a very educated man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he certainly was not a big... And then the first concert, I think, in Washington was given at the Howard Theater. Mm. I think the Jewish Theater and Ahmed and his brother and with them together, mm-hmm. they organized the first black concert. Mm. That's what I was told. You know, I don't quote this. I'm pretty sure because the, the Howard Theater is in a in a part of Washington which they are trying to bring to life again. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole neighborhood. And people approached me and they told me, you know, your husband came here with his disaster, you know. Ah. They want to redo the theater. Interesting. So there must be truth to it. What, what, what do you think was his most, uh, what was his favorite part of, uh, of working at Atlantic? Was it, was it going out to these, these unknown uh, clubs and, and finding these gems? Did he take delight well, in that? The quantity of music, and they had a huge collection of records, uh, Ahmed and his brother. And I think when they came to Washington and they were listening to all that music, they, had, they were going to a place with uh, a man by the name of Silverman at the store, he said, and that's where they heard all the black music. He probably could give you more details. I really, I'm telling you what I heard. Mm-hmm. Sure. At a time when the music of of, of the black folks um, was really uh, not heard outside of the black community, uh, another one no. of those things that, that brought that music to uh, uh, to the white kids that, that were looking for yeah. something different and new. Wonderful. But I think he went the first time, from what I hear, his brother was older, mm-hmm. took him to a concert of Duke Ellington in London. and. That's when he really started to... And his father had a huge collection of records, which he continued to have. And they make it quite big. Then they had to sell it because the, when the father was died, their father died, uh, they had to move out and go back to Turkey. I mean, he didn't go, but his mother and his sister went.
Eric Clapton. Taj Mahal. Chris Nathan. Chris Crenshaw. Don Vappy. Sweet Papa. Ricky Goins. Marcus Printer. Dan Nimmer. Carlos Enriquez. Ali Jackson. Mr. Eric Clapton. Thank you all very, very much. Thank you so much. Have a good night. And a magnificent night it must have been there in the uh, Rose Theater Jazz at Lincoln Center with those two masters surrounded by, by masters. This is a special Ampet House dedicated to the memory of Mrs. Mika Erdogan, whom we lost yesterday on Saturday, December 2nd. A beautiful song from the Bee Gees. And then on to the conclusion of our 2010 interview. This is To Love Somebody. There's a light, some kind of light. Somebody, the way I love you. Oh, 
somebody To love somebody The way I love you After he died, I thought, what can I do? His main thing was education. And actually, it was very lucky because I don't know if you are aware of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had a fabulous education. You know, his father was ambassador and he came here at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. And he, he was sent to tough schools. One was at London in Washington, and mm-hmm. then he went to St. John's College. St. John's is a wonderful uh, college. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people know it, but it's very, very hard work. And you have to learn the classes practically by heart. And he graduated from there, and then he went to Georgetown, and he wanted to take a master's in medieval philosophy. But after, then he quit that because his father died, and he had to, you know, start and do something. And his passion, his and his brother's passion was music. So they started his uh, record company. And then he was totally involved. But ever since he was a child, I gathered he and his brother were going to concerts in London where they lived and, and they were very close to the music. And the educational fund is based on that. You know, he figured that he had, such a, he had a good education and it served him throughout his business for his work and his interest. And he made a, he gave a scholarship to Princeton years ago, mm-hmm. in Turkish, in Turkish uh, literature and history. Uh, he gave us, I gave a scholarship to St. John's where he went to school. We gave, uh, I don't know if you are aware that Ned Devlin gave a huge concert in London. Oh, a- a- absolutely. And, and impressive that, that Robert being offered so much money to perform later. He only did it for Amit. And that's a wonderful tribute. And there were like 19,000 people. I mean, it was enormous. Yes. And the money they, you know, after the expenses and so on, the money they donated to Oxford. And in Oxford, there are two scholarships that have been made to, into Ahmed's name. And then also, there is a musical academy that is being built now in London mm-hmm. called Ravensburg. And I think it opens in the fall, and that was done also with money from the concert. Fantastic. Is there still ongoing uh, support for the fund? Can, can individuals contribute to the fund uh, nowadays? Well, this, this fund is, you know, complete, I and mean, it's in, mm-hmm. in perpetuity. Uh-huh, wonderful. You know, all the funds at Oxford. I'm trying to do something more. But, and then there's a scholarship uh, at Juilliard that was created by the British American Society. Wonderful. So, you know, and if I can afford it and so on, I would like to do more. Wonderful. But that's really the one thing which interested him. I think the more educated you are, that's why I think the schooling system should be fabulous here, uh, giving the chance for poor people who can't afford the tuition to help, you know. A lot of the scholarships that he did, he did it for students from Turkey and from the eastern part of the world, which maybe haven't got access to the same thing that people have in England mm-hmm. or in America or so on. Wonderful. And he was laid to rest uh, back in uh, Turkey, isn't that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but his whole family was there, you know. Right. And uh, he's there. His brother was buried there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he really. Oh, and you asked me another question. If he believed in afterlife. Yes. I can tell you, no. He did <laughs> he not. Interesting. No, no, he did not. 
Interesting. I, mean, I hope he was wrong. <laughs> we all hope he was wrong. Well, if he was wrong, what would he be? What would he be doing now? He would be leading an amazing choir of people. I hope. If we are all wrong, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. But um, <laughs> thank you for your honest answer in that. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Throughout his career, he dealt with so many people from so many genres, so many nationalities. He had such loyalty and so many enduring friendships. It, it speaks to yeah. uh, the character of, of, of a gentleman that he was. Well, yes, you know, but the, I think what helped him is the fact that he was highly educated. He spoke mm-hmm. three or four languages. And he could speak to the king of England that he could speak to a, a, a boy who was sitting on the street and being poor. and You know, I mean, mm. he had no feeling about that you have to only go to people who are in high missions and so on. He, he, really, he really could speak to anybody. And he was incredibly helpful. You know, he kept like, getting letters and letters that people wanted to be musicians, the other wanted. Mm-hmm. He always responded and he always tried to help. And especially young people, because I don't know if you realize, but a lot of young people want to get into the world, telling them that it's not as easy as it sounds, you know. <laughs> and very, few, very few people succeed. Exactly, exactly. Very difficult uh, business, very difficult for musicians uh, to uh, to break into uh, successful musical careers. Very few. I mean, there are a lot of musicians, but it's a, it's a hard road. Without a doubt, even for the folks with enormous talent, uh, and I meet many of those locally here in Vermont, uh, but to make that a professional living is uh, is so difficult. Thank you for your very thorough answer on, on that one, uh, telling us about the uh, Ahmed Erdogan Educational Foundation. Uh, Mrs. Erdogan, very grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you. Uh, I have a picture of Ahmed, a wonderful picture of Ahmed that was taken in a restaurant, I believe, and I have it next to my computer monitor. Uh, and, and it's because my business partner and I look at it every day, and we say, well, here's, a, here's a man who was able to blend the, uh, the toughness of business with the passion of his love of music. And it stands as a, as a symbol for us. And people come in and we tell them the story of Amit uh, every, at least once a week. So know that we're doing what we can to, to keep that legacy alive. A great That's honor to speak nice. to you. That's very nice. Uh, if you, you need any other pictures or anything like that, let me know. I'm going to Europe now and I'll be back after the 10th of July. Wonderful. Wonderful. So if you need any help and so on. Thank you so much, Mrs. Erdogan. A, a true okay. pleasure. Have a wonderful trip to Europe and be well. Have a good summer. Thank you very much. Good day now. Well, when you hear the the words of uh, a dear friend who has just passed, it's a it's a strange and a beautiful and uh, and a uh, uh, a silent sort of a thing. We will miss you, Mika, and I hope I uh, gave you the respect and the warmth and the kindness that you deserved during those many wonderful, wonderful times we got to sit and talk of music, of life, of its difficulties. This is Amit and We've got two more songs from some of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Erdogan's favorites, including, well, a song that was recorded the very night that Amit fell at the Beacon Theater in New York City, which led to his passing. Seems appropriate. Crosby and Nash, Into the Rolling Stones. Thanks for listening to Amit's House. 
look around again It's the same old circle You see It's got to be Says right here on page 43 that you should grab a hold of it. Else you find it's best you buy.
memory of Ahmet Erdogan in the days when Atlantic Records was the most magnificent record company on the planet. Good night. <laughs>